I was just, I wanted to say reading, but uh, it was a TikTok video. That's how much, that's how cool TikTok is. It is, it has replaced reading uh, about other people's experiences with, uh, with short talks. Um, mini TED Talks, you could call them TikToks. Yeah, you know, people put all their experience into these TikTok videos. I mean, it's real. It's like fucking authentic. It's not like the, you know, like corporate media. Corporate media, nothing you see on TV is, is uh, um, you know, it's been through a team of media professionals and director and producers and <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing spontaneous on TV, but it is on TikTok. It's live. It's real. And it's good for you to know the truth, to hear the truth. Fuck's sakes, you know. Can't you can't uh, you can't get the truth from other media sources, but. But TikTok is real, man. God bless TikTok. <laughs> okay. So back to Pope Joan. This is this is a Okay, this is where we <laughs> Um after two or five years of rain, Pope Joan became pregnant. During Easter procession, she gave birth to the child on the streets when she fell off of a horse. I heard she public. I heard about it. Like, um, yeah, the part of the part of this legend is that she gave birth to the child on the steps. But maybe that was just like uh, <clears throat> embellishment. Just, who knows? Removed from the Vatican archives. Hmm. That would be interesting to see if it is actually removed totally from the Vatican archives. That would be a good reason to go. Does the Vatican archives have any... Did, I heard that they removed any mention of Pope, Pope Joan. Is this true? Can I check? <laughs> Can I come check? And then, well, and well, I'm checking for that. Since they probably did, they'll say, okay, well, uh, no. I'd have to get a Fulbright. I'd have to get a Fulbright and get somebody. Hey, what's the name of that, like, SNL? Um, remember that Saturday Night Live comedian, Father Sarducci? Is he still alive? <clears throat> Because he actually was working at the Vatican as like a spokesperson or something. Did you know that? Ben Mete? Father Sarducci? Remember? Father Sarducci! Ben Mete, wake up! <laughs> Do you remember Father Sarducci? Yeah, from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Rito Sarducci. Yeah, he was really cool. 
he actually started working for the Vatican after as a spokesperson after that. Hmm. Anyway, so maybe if I could get a letter wreck from him, Father Sarducci and apply for the Fulbright. I'm Dr. V. While we have a nice Pope, or ostensibly nice Pope, might they might say yes, you know? Right. Your first Ask and you shall receive. Here's your first out payment on uh, the new endowment. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, they give you a bunch of money there. No, they don't. They just have to let, let me um, do the dose. Just let give me access, library access, archives. Mm. Let's check. Did you guys actually just like destroy all mention of Pope John? I just want to check. <laughs> so, <laughs> so while I'm doing that, while I'm checking, then I can see all the other stuff in the archive. <laughs> <laughs> I should do. I could do a movie about it. That that's would be another um, you know, movie about um somebody who tries. To, it's a comedy. The woman tries all these different ways to get into the Vatican archive. Get into Pope Joan. She wants to know about Pope Joan, or she wants to know about the. I don't know. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Ah. Stop it. As a consequence, certain traditions stated that popes throughout the medieval period were required to undergo a procedure wherein they sat on a special chair with a hole in the seat. <clears throat> See how we get to the good part, Padmete. A cardinal would have the task of putting his hand up the hole to check whether the pope had testicles. This would be the perfect time to have. This is when a time when I need my microphone. Test the oh, hey man. Who turned off my microphone? Well, it wasn't me, Trista. <laughs> oh, it's this microphone. Testicles. <laughs> the check for testicles. <laughs> And make sure that it's... <laughs> Ding dong, baby. Ding dong. Make sure it's a guy. Ding dong. A male pope. Only men can become popes. Mm. No, only testes. Testy, testy clays. That's a good pseudonym to testy. <laughs> <laughs> or doing a visual examination citation needed <laughs> this procedure is not taken seriously what's there's a name for it there's a fucking name where how come they're not saying the name of the person i i know this guy david blondell they're talking he meant they're mentioned in the next uh wow um 
let's see here. And then, okay, I think, I think Blondell, he shouldn't have said that. I think that, I think it's true. I've, I have a gut feeling. I'm, because they, they, not just a gut feeling, but there's a Latin term for this process by which they check for testicles. So you're trying to tell me it's a made up fucking story? Bullshit. Bullshit. Apparently, David hmm. Blondell's part of the the, the uh, movement um, to uh, obfuscate women's participation in anything. Um, is probably oh wait. This procedure is not taken seriously by most historians. Well, I'm not most historians, obviously. And to, uh, you know, just because the herd mentality is affecting, uh, <clears throat> um, their perspectives, as well as they're Catholic, maybe, or they're paid off by the church to shut up or, or, you know, to harass anybody who brings up this idea about Pope Joan, because they, anyway. And there's no documented instance. It's probably a scurrilous... <coughs> what kind of a bullshit write-up is this? A scurrilous legend based on the existence of two ancient stone chairs with holes on the seats that probably dated from Roman times and may have been used because of their ancient imperial origins. Their original purpose is obscure. I think that these people are trying to obscure um, its original purpose. In a 17th century study, I'm sure the church has like, said, Hey man, get that shit off of Wikipedia, man. <laughs> In a 17th century study, Protestant historian. 17th century. David Blondell. argued that Pope Jonah is a fictitious story. The story may well be a satire they came to believe as reality. This view is generally accepted among historians, of course, and probably almost all historians are men. And they're maybe paid, like their chair is paid for by the Catholic Church. Or it's a part of a... Mm, mm, What's that tradition in, in the Catholic Church? Jesuits! <clears throat> Jesuit cover-up. <laughs> Prophecy of the Pope's Documents of Jesus. Oh, Ooh, there's some good stuff on this Wikipedia entry. Documents of Jesus Christ, Jewish legends, and Prophecy of the Pope's. What does that mean? According to the Prophecy of the Pope, some interpretations hold that after Pope Benedict 16, 16, who resigned on 28 February 2013, there will be one Pope left before the destruction of Rome. <clears throat> this individual is labeled by the prophecy as Petrus Romanus. That's interesting. Could prophecy of the Popes? Wow. 
Okay, <clears throat> I'm going. I'm going down the rabbit hole, man. Prophecy of the Popes, Latin prophecy, prophecia sancti Malik, Malachi, Malachi. Archiepiscopi. Sacred prophecy, Malik Malachi. What is that? As the a, name in the Bible. Malachi. In the the English name is prophecy of the popes, and the Latin name is has got has Malachi in it. Archiepiscopi de sumis pontifis pontificibus, prophecy of Saint Archbishop Malik Malachi, concerning the supreme pontiffs. Is a series of 112 short cryptic phrases in Latin which purport to predict the Roman Catholic popes, along with a few anti the predictions. Isn't that um, in engaging in, in, in you know prophecy? Isn't that a um, evil? Bad matter, perhaps. In Latin, which purports to predict the Roman Catholic popes, along with a few anti-popes. I gotta look that up, too. That's an interesting concept. Fucking anti-popes. <laughs> Beginning with Celestine II, it was first published in 1595 by Benedictine monk Arnold W-I-O-N, who attributed the prophecy to St. Malachi, Malachi, with a Y, a 12th century archbishop of Arna, um, Armag. Where the fuck is Armag? In Northern Ireland. Huh. Okay. Oops. Oh, shit. I went too far. Prophecy of the Popes. Prophecy of the Popes. Some interpretations. Liber Secundus. Given the app. Given the accurate description of popes up to around 1519 and lack of accuracy for the popes that follow, historians generally conclude that the alleged prophecy is a pseudo-epigraphic pseudo fabrication written shortly before publication. The Catholic Church has no official stance, though some Catholic theologians have dismissed it as forgery. The prophecy concludes with the Pope identified as Peter the Roman, whose pontificate will allegedly precede the destruction of the city of Rome. No, this um, talking about this this Pope is predicted by the Vatican itself to be the last Pope. Before the destruction of Rome, of the city of Rome. So this is the traitor. Traitor? What? What are you? What are you talking about? Um, no, the Vatican itself, the Church, the Roman, hmm. Holy Roman this Church, is the last pope. and it's the saying that uh, the um, you know, there's an accurate description of popes up to around 1590 and a lack of accuracy for the popes that follow. Historians generally conclude that the alleged prophecy is a pseudepigraphic fabrication written shortly before publication. That was, you know, <laughs> him having to quit. I have never seen that one before either. 
That's what I love. I love to uh, love Wikipedia. Fucking great, man. Huh? I love, I love, I love my calendar. Neil Tadaka. Smith. The Catholic has no official stance. Wah, ha, ha, ha. How about Sad or Saduko? That's a, that's a good name for a Pope identifies Peter the Roman. Interpretation. Okay. Interpretation, yes. <coughs> Celestine II, the first Pope mentioned in the prophecies. Interpretation of the entries for pre-publication Popes provided by Wyan involved involves close correspondences between the mottos and pubs, birthplaces, family names, personal arms, and pre-papal titles. For example, the first motto, Ex Castro Tiberius from a castle on the Tiber, fits Celestine II's birthplace in Cita, Cita, no, Cita, Cita di Castello, on the Tiber. Efforts to connect the prophecy to historical popes who were elected after its publication have been more strained. For example, Clement XIII is referred to as Rosa Umbriae, the Rose of Umbria, but was not from Umbria, nor had he, he any but the most marginal connection with the region, having been briefly pontifical governor of Rieti at the time part of Umbria. Well, that's close enough. Pope. Close, enough. Close enough for a pope. I think it was, uh, they were prophecies, you know, some, but so the church uses them as guidelines to, you know, in their new, when they're doing search for uh, a new pope. And of course they would you know, not confirm or deny anything. It has no official stance. Some Catholic theologians have dismissed it as forgery. Yeah, okay, whatever. It's, you know, called the prophecy of the Pope. It's hard to fucking forge that. It's in Latin. Uh... Published in 1595 by Benedictine monk Arnold Wyan. So he was fancied himself a prophet, you know, prophesied <clears throat> about the, um, all the popes. Oh, oh. Stop it, just uh, one writer notes that among the post-publication post-1595 popes there remain some surprisingly appropriate phrases while adding that it is of course easy to exaggerate the list's accuracy by simply citing its successes and that other tags do not fit so neatly. Among the reported successes are Light in the Sky for Leo XIII, <clears throat> 1878-1903 with a comment in his coat of arms. Religion depopulated... For Benedictine the fifteenth, nineteen fourteen to twenty-two, whose papacy included World War One and the atheistic communist Russian Revolution. I propose matrimony to me. Religion, yeah, it, you know, it was banned in China too. That nobody ever talks about China, but yeah, I know it was. 
it was banned. Uh, religion was banned in, in as part of the Cultural Revolution. Mm, uh, yeah. Because Christianity, of course. All right. Um, and Flower of Flowers for Paul VI, 1963-78, with Fleur de Lis in his coat of arms. Peter Bander, then head of religious education at Wall Hall Teacher Training College, wrote in 1969, If we were to replace the works of those who have repudiated the prophecies of Malachi, on scales and balance them against those who have accepted them, we would probably reach a fair equilibrium. However, the most important factor, namely the popularity of the prophecies, particularly among the ordinary people as distinct from scholars, makes them as relevant to the second half of the 20th century as they have ever been. M.J. O'Brien, a Catholic priest who authored an 1880 monograph on the prophecy, provided a more scathing assessment. These prophecies have to have no purpose. They are absolutely meaningless. The Latin is bad. Is, is that true? The Latin is bad. It's impossible to attribute such absurd triflings. Absurd triflings. Hmm. <laughs> to any holy source. <laughs> Those who have written in defense of the prophecy have brought forward scarcely an argument in their favor. Their attempts at explaining the prophecies after 15. This person is a real beauty. After 1590, I say with all respect, the sorriest trifling. <laughs> trifling! <laughs> That's a good last name. Trifling. <laughs> Lesbos trifling. It could be hyphenated. Lesbos hyphen trifling. I'm trifling. Absurd trifling. Trifling. Or if you have like, oh, that's what Elon Musk had with Scamber Turd and the other Leslie chick, whatever. Lesbian camp counselor. Good night, Ben Mitty. Good night, Ben Mitty. The story is trifling. I'm sure that guy was a real bore. You're a fucking bore. O'Brien. 1890. Blowhards. Here's your, your uh, microdosing. Oh, thank you, Ben. Petrus Romanos. In recent times, some interpreters of prophetic literature have drawn attention to the prophecy due to its imminent conclusion. If the list of descriptions is matched on a one-to-one -one basis to the list of historic popes since publication. Benedictine the 16, 2005-13 would correspond to the second to last of the papal descriptions. Gloria Olive, the glory of the olive. The longest and final verse predicts the apocalypse. Well, according to Gaia, that it has been averted. Okay. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, aliens, who helped avert us from the apocalypse. Thank you. Metatron, all you archangels. Um, would it correspond to the second to last? Yes. What is
this, what did they say about the last one? When persecution extrema SRE said a bit Petrus Romanus Kipashit August and Multis Tribulation in Mabuz Quibus Quibus Transactus Chivitas Septicolis Deruta E. Judex Tremendous Judica Bit Populum Suum Finis. This may be translated into English as in the final persecution of the Holy Roman Church. Persecution. Final persecution. Oh, because you guys are going to have to take into account the million, millions of indigenous people and 30 million souls, Asanabi says. Everett La Framboise. 30 million souls of people they have killed been directly responsible for their demise in the form of being buried in unmarked shallow fucking graves. Or were they shallow? How deep were they? Were they shallow? Un unmarked graves? That's a good that's a good question to ask. Hey, were they shallow unmarked graves? Or were they just or, or how deep were these unmarked graves? How shallow were the unmarked graves? That's a good question. Oh, fuck. For the Catholic Church. Questions for the Catholic Church. I should I should take on the Catholic Church. Made a move on petition. I only got ten signatures. Go sign my petition if you're fucking have the balls. HTTPS colon slash slash bit dot ly slash gay three k a one m m d. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Do it with me. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Do it with me. Okay. In the final persecution of the Holy Roman Church, there will be sit. There will sit, i.e., as bishop, Peter the Roman, who will pasture his sheep in many tribulations. And when these things are finished, the city of seven hills, i.e., Rome, will be destroyed. I think they're talking about the, the fucking Vatican. I think the Vat we're going to take away the Vatican's right to have its own, um, that's, that's what's going to happen. We're going to, uh, take away, uh, Rome, the city of Rome, this is my prediction, city of Rome will take away that land, it's like imminent domain or whatever, and, and, uh, because, uh, the Vatican has, uh, it's, it's its own principality. It's its own, it's, uh, answers to no one. So this is our opportunity to take it away from them. Take it away, take it away. Take away their immunity from, from participation. 30 million souls, fuckers. 30 million dead people as a result of the 
Catholic Church. Thirty million. That's I think that's the biggest genocide in history. I was used to uh, as a like a fucking teenager. Used to always think about how you know how hard it is to get excommunicated from the church because they they want you on the rolls to say like oh yeah we have fifty eight gazillion Catholics in the world but guess what they nobody had none of them had that choice in the matter they were into the church, baptized, whatever. It's all the church. It's you know Catholic and whatever. All of them. They carried out. Who's behind the residential schools? It's not just one church. Many churches behind it. <clears throat> okay, Seven Hills, i.e. Rome, will be destroyed. I think it's talking about Vatican. Vatican will be dismantled and be absorbed, reabsorbed back into Rome, back into Italy, and it will become just a, uh, like a fucking museum. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the popes prophesied it <clears throat> about themselves. The end will judge his people. And the dreadful judge will judge his people. Yeah. They're going to get caught for the 30 million souls. That's my prediction. Um, they're going to they're gonna get it taken away. They're Rome. You know. That seven hills of Rome. Uh, something, isn't there like seven parts of Israel or something too? <clears throat> the city of seven hills by Ebron will be destroyed and the dreadful judge, a Judex tremendous, Judicabit populum suum, will judge his people. Populum suum. In the final persecution of the Holy Roman Church, to me, that's it's the final, you know, this is the final persecution of the, um, this is the last persecution that they will be allowed to wage the last persecution they are allowed to uh, be responsible for and take it out of their hands control out of their control there still be churches it doesn't have anything to do with the uh, practice of one's religion apparently one of my relatives uh, Gandalf, Gandolfo. Oh, it struck me how close that is to Gandalf. Gandolfo. 
um, Castle Gandalfa was was my family's, and now it's currently it's uh, summer residence of the Pope. So it's that was my um, Catholic. That was my Catholic Pope joke. Um, no, my castle. Um, Gandalfo Castle is my castle too. <laughs> but apparently, my relatives they um like bank they went into bankruptcy or something like that, and they, and it was taken over by the church. That would be an interesting thing to investigate. How the family Gandalfo lost the castle Gandalfo. And it became a summer residence at the... I should go there. Put it on my list of places to visit in the world. Let me just go alone. Probably get a cheap ticket. Just wear a mask and, and um, don't have any contact with people. No talk to people. <laughs> just avoid people. Ah, probably be okay. Maybe, maybe not. Several historians and interpreters note the prophecy leaves open the possibility of enlisted popes between the glory of the olive and the final pope, Peter the Roman. So what about what about this uh, this new pope? I should do I should do a podcast to read all about his life because he sounds like a really good pope, ostensibly nice pope. <clears throat> In the Lignum Vitae, the line in Persecutione Extrema SRE Sedibit forms a separate sentence and paragraph of its own. While often read as part of the Peter the Roman entry, other interpreters view it as a separate, incomplete sentence, explicitly referring to one or more popes between the glory of Olive and Peter the Roman. Sheep in many tribulations, and when these things are finished, the city of seven hills, i.e., will be destroyed. Some of the historians and interpreters know the prophecy leaves open the. Okay. <coughs> Alright, I don't think that's the case. My reading. Popes and corresponding mottos in fiction, blah blah blah, olive tanned Catholic monastic order. Alphonsus, uh, Arnold Wyan, Gandolfo, Castle Gandolfo is my castle too. Prophecy of the Popes and Castle Gandolfo is my castle too. Oh, that'd be a good title for this podcast.
one and day two are hardest for me because that's when you get the most blues and purples and you have to this is amber turd the sensitivity bruises don't like to be touched trying to explain away uh um so that's covering bruises with makeup um, after a few days that becomes more of a uh uh, that blue becomes more of a um a brown yellowish browns like a, a you know five seven days in becomes more of a yellow green uh, so and, then it into a brown, <laughs> and then into your skin and you whatever color you're working with in the bruise you want to go opposite color on the color wheel uh so uh the opposite i mean so in the first couple of days when you have more of the typical bruise color the blues and and the purples you want to go more of the orange uh, on the on the color wheel as opposed to the greens that you start with, and then it move, it progresses from there. I also noticed that um, bruising on your face uh, tends to heal a lot faster. Than, you know, you can. For um, me, it was faster healing than bruises on my body. Away bruises. Or at least it seemed like that to me. And um, a nose is pretty much um, unrecognizable after a day or two, depending on how much you ice it. Uh, lips are the hardest because they crack and bleed, of course. Uh, but it's easy to hide with lipstick if you're a woman, or you know, if you wear lipstick, I suppose. You know, we heard some testimony of people uh, in the week of May 21st to 27th uh, <clears throat> saying that you didn't wear a stitch of makeup. Oh, was that true? Objection. The problem you're is saying? that that makeup that she oh, just oh, held oh. up that came out after uh, she was supposedly beat up by Johnny Depp with all those rings on his fingers. You always wear makeup. I mean, it's part of my bathroom routine in the morning. I wash my face. I put on moisturizer. My moisturizer has tinted foundation in it, and I'm certainly not going to walk. Problem is, comma, that makeup didn't even exist, comma, until a couple years after... Johnny supposedly beat up Amber, comma, with all his rings, comma, on every finger, exclamation point. Hey, that rhymes. The point is, comma, this is more fucking perjury. Perjury. on my face. Okay. Matt, as much as I love you, I am going to Jenny on this question. Uh, Jenny, does she, is, she, is she telling the truth about makeup and these concealers and the tinted foundation and, and how you correct brute? I mean, it, because again, we actually have chatters who have been following this and say, it's a kit that you use to actually create bruises, not to cover them up. Particular. So, where do you stand on that? So, um, the kit that was used that she's showing, yes, that is what you use usually to, you know, if there's redness, you use green to counteract that. That's the typical makeup trick, you know, that's something that Ah! women use for blemishes. Um, But, you know, so what she was saying was, in fact, not true. Something that I would have rather seen plaintiff's counsel do a little bit more of, something that you know with Hollywood stars is that they get Botox, they get filler, 
they get, I think Amber yeah, has had a nose job or something. That, uh, those can cause bruises on your face as well. Um, you know, if you get filler or Botox under your eyes, you'll have bruising there. So um, typically you can cover that up with makeup. So that's something I would have rather seen um, a little bit flushed out from Plaintiff's Council. Wait a second. Celebrities get work done? They didn't even talk about what are you talking that's Believe it, Jenny. It or not. I can't believe that's what you're saying. All right, let's, let's just move on. Um, so I will tell you, though, I will tell you the testimony of Melanie Iglesias, the Amber Heard's makeup artist. This was very powerful, in my opinion. Let's play what she had to say, because she is. A, she said that she actually covered up bruises of Amber Heard before James Corden appearance in 2015. Take a look. On December 16, 2015, did you return to Amber Heard's penthouse? Um, yeah, the Hollywood's... Yes, and why did you come to Amber Heard's penthouse on December 16th? I thought, I thought you meant it would be a boost to it. No, not a boost, but people would stop doing it. It's with the James Corden show. She had no parents, so I went back and back to work. And when you arrived at the penthouse on December 16th, please describe for me what you... Huh? They saw on the internet, people are easily influenced, you know, they see on the internet that, uh, that she got bruised because of it, and they won't No, because you know. they're talking about it, um, well, it's a procedure that in Hollywood they do all the time, Botox. Sure. So, uh, I don't think it, uh, if anything, it would probably boost it because they're talking about it, and, uh, mm. so... So uh, people would learn all about Botox, and then maybe even be, I don't know. Uh, well, that's what uh, that's what I would think. Like some things, yeah, it might make it tank or whatever. No, because uh, because it's involved in this case, people are talking about it, so it's in the. Maybe they'll look it up. Like, what is Botox? Maybe I should get some for my lips. Yep. Uh, Hollywood. Awesome. Hollywood does so much of that shit. Is it's just like uh, fucks their face up, in my opinion. I mean, like how many? <clears throat> the um. The um Hollywood's. I think that's the reason why um Hollywood's. Stars usually just kind of go out of the um, public eye kind of soon. Um, they don't, you know, past their 30s or something like that. They just kind of, they don't want to be photographed. Because I think their faces go downhill with all that plastic surgery. I mean, uh, I was watching a, um, I did a podcast on all the plastic surgery that Amber probably had and uh, by a plastic surgeon and um, <clears throat> it doesn't age well man that like she she had like cheek implants and and like uh, a full uh, like jaw thing and like shaved down some <coughs> here and then some like uh, has like it's a ten thousand dollar surgery to uh, have a lip um they kind of like pull up they connect like the fulcrum it's called the fulcrum yeah <clears throat> and um 
and uh, to raise the lips, but it only lasts like two or three months, and then Filtry. you have to fucking do it again. Yeah, that's did what it said. Fulcrum? Oh. Oh, did, oh, did I say fulcrum? Filtrum. Filtrum, yeah. How's your eye, little, little guy? It's been weaky and red lately. The one that It's better now. Um, but yeah. So she and this one plastic surgeon said um, estimated that Amber Heard had had like $150,000 worth of plastic surgery, which you know, for the for the rich and famous, which she would become by marrying Johnny. She didn't. She she didn't come into it with uh, much money. She was an unknown. She's an unknown man. Observed about Amber Heard's face and any injuries. When I came to the penthouse on December 16 to do Amber's makeup, she had injuries. Um, she had two light, like, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know, I mean, I'm not a medical expert, I don't know how I would describe them, but it could have looked like somebody had headbutted her lightly, so she had a discoloration here, under both eyes, and on the bridge of, and the, bridge of the nose, uh, and she had what I would call a split lip or something on the lip like a, a gash or a split lip. Ms. Inglesius, I'm going to ask you to look at what has been marked as exhibit number 11. Do you recognize this photo as being Amber Heard's head? Yes. Okay, Amber and could Heard. you please describe for Heard. me what, right. what this photo is, is uh, showing? Yeah. It's showing a chunk of his hair. And what, if anything, did you observe on December 16 about Amber Heard missing a chunk of hair? I remember this because she showed it to us. And I heard it was actually cut. They should examine the hair. They should examine the hair. Because I heard that it was just like cut. It wasn't actually yanked out from her head. It was just on the ground, or on the floor. Uh, what <clears throat> is depicted right along her scalp there? I don't know. Do, do you recall that there was some bruising along the scalp? A couple and people. Pus, Actually, she's, she's burned all her bridges, pretty much. And, um, like her best friend, Rocky Penny, has been... Uh, they don't they don't talk anymore and all the uh the other there were a bunch of hangers on that um Aunt scamber brought in to johnny's penthouses with her and uh so she had several several people that were living rent free in johnny's penthouses and um those people like Josh Drew, his name is Rocky Penny. I don't even know the, another full name. So these characters, 
I mean, this is the best movie I've seen in a while. <laughs> Cultural movie. But, uh, yeah, they were living in her... In, in the penthouses. And she tried to... She actually fucking changed the locks. How fucking, uh... How fucking... Ballsy is that? Um... Okay, they... They called 911 twice, and it's it was said that, um, okay, the police came out the first time. They didn't see any, they didn't see any, um, they didn't see any damage of, yeah, they, they didn't see any damages, and they didn't see any injuries to her, so they split, and then, so the, uh, then apparently, um, Scamber and under hangers on. <laughs> Entourage. Yeah, they um they came up with the story and they threw some wine on the ground floor and and um you know mess the place up a little bit. And and then called the police again. But um the police uh, and they she still wouldn't co she didn't she refused to cooperate with with the the police she didn't she didn't file a report uh domestic violence and the, you know they still didn't see any injuries on her so um yeah that's scamber for you i think that uh well apparently from the reports that they they came up with another story or they got their story straight Messed the place up and then called 911 again. I don't recall. Could you please describe? And she probably, she what probably you told this makeup artist. She probably. This is what I think happened. Uh, you know, if she did have a couple of little injuries, um, which were insignificant compared to what they, sh you, they should be if. Uh, he had actually punched her with all those rings on his fingers. He has a ring on every fucking finger. So, um, you know, if he did punch her in the face, which is what she says he did many, many times. I think like 16 times or something that she beat him. Uh, that she, she claims that he beat her up. She'd be pretty mangled by now. Oh, fuck yeah. She wouldn't have been able to cover it up with makeup. But it's all a lie. Way of it's a lie. To prepare Amber Heard for the James Corden show on December 16, 2015. An American show. Yes, uh, we covered, you know, I just did makeup, but just a little heavier way knitted. So we covered, you know, the, the discoloration, or the bruises. I think what happened, she got Botox. And then she told her makeup uh, artist that Johnny did it to me. And, um... And the makeup artist, like she said, she's no medical person. She don't know. And also, the like, that headbutt that she meant, just mentioned. Apparently they, like, accidentally headbutt, uh, accidentally headbutted. <clears throat> so that could... Yeah, people do that all the time. <laughs> In a kerfuffle.
she's real she's a real slightly heavier concealer um one that has a little more of a peach undertone uh which i would normally don't use on amber but peach to cancel blue so i did that under the eyes and i although amber always you know has a red lip is one of the signature look i remember clearly talking that we had no other option that night but then to use a red blood like a, a really red lipstick to you know make sure we could cover up um the injuries on the lip and were you able to cover all of the injuries with the makeup that you applied and as you just described yes did this just happen as one Iglesias, time you could look at what has what? been marked as exhibit number oh, 22. Yeah. do you recognize uh, amber heard in that picture and if it happened other times was it same injury same exact uh, injury because that's that that would be like a botox thing yes okay <laughs> and was is this the picture of nice. her? Is this picture of nice her good. that evening, December 16, 2015, on the James Corden show? Yes. What, if anything, did you observe on the difference in Amber Heard's demeanor before the show and on the show? That she had the ability to, kind of you know, a, turn it on. That it. What kind of homegrown, do you know? Did they say? Is it sativa or? Indica. Sativa girl. <laughs> she, you know, the ability to do her job and, and, and perform <laughs> how she was supposed to perform on the show. India used to and put fish in the Prior to Amber going on the show, India. while you were working with yeah, her on her. That's a trick India taught me. Because, um, you know, mine was like hay. It smelled like hay. And <laughs> it wasn't, like, sticky or whatever. Yeah. Then he put a bunch of uh, fish, fish emulsion on it. Yeah. Makeup. How would you describe Amber's mood mm -hmm. and demeanor? Angry, sad, a little erratic. Okay, so Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, all right? But when I, I host a, a podcast called Sidebar with Anjanette Levy, and I did an episode where I talked about the three biggest wins for Amber Heard, I put this down as testimony that was a win for Amber Heard. I, I found this to be really important. You have an outsider who's talking about using makeup correction, talked about what she observed. She doesn't have an immediate uh, you know, bias that you could see. Obviously, she's an Amber Heard witness, but I found this to be really powerful. My what dog stepped on a bee. Justice for Johnny. Very powerful because it's I donated good corroboration to about the injuries she <laughs> alleged to Happiness. have sustained from one of the incidents. Most notably the one right near the uh, James Corden appearance. That's For funny. me, when she's Rock speaking, it, and then it comes like off credible, it comes and then off believable. Uh, you know, this, there is this photographic evidence, obviously, as to her scalp. And what she's saying is like, yeah, emojis, I had to cover up bruises. And I was really impressed how she by actually her said, my that dog stepped having on a just bee. sustained those injuries that she was able to Um, I like to, I, I could do, um... <clears throat> comedy podcasts on and comedy tiktok comedy tiktoks about uh reading the live comments during this that's where the here on the james gordon show the as the movie that, star man. scarlet she was intended to be so for me yeah it absolutely was a win for her side on that
And remember, Boston Amber heard it alleged that Johnny Depp headbutted her. So you have what Iglesias said basically saying the Amber. same thing. Verdict. You have these injuries uh, that she said she covered up Bam. in the photographs. That seemed to be an important point for Amber Heard's Johnny, side. Johnny, come Maybe on, the jury you got this. Let's take lies, a break. Lies, lies, lies. Six lines, six triangles, six verticals, hexagon. What does that mean? You can do magic. You can have anything that you desire. Magic, do do do, and you know you're the one who can put out the fire. You know done well when you cast your spell. Get your way with the run. Food, uh, blah blah blah. JD is innocent. AH is an abuser. If you dare to disagree with me, something in Arabic. Heartbreak. Make a pint. We felt it necessary. <laughs> Amber one, no cap. Who are these? <clears throat> Someone named Fifi. <laughs> Somebody pointed out that the people who uh, support Amber are also abusers themselves. The makeup that Amber showed only came to market at 2017. Pay attention. Yeah, Brit, what, why isn't that brought up? Maybe it was. Why is it taking so long? Yet she hits him without fear. Audio. Um, and sues him for double the money. Money she expects to earn. All jury has to agree. And sometimes one or more does not. So that's what, why it's taking so long. They want to do the right thing. When his live stands with Amber Heard. <laughs> Sleeping dragon. I think that she's spending a lot of the $7 million settlement that she got from Johnny. That she claimed she, she already donated. She said it in on live. On, like a, on a show. That she donated all of the seven million dollars. She didn't. She didn't fucking do. She didn't donate any of it. Actually, she got her lover, uh, Elon Musk, um, to pay, um, to pay part of it. She didn't pay. She she paid like uh, one point two million. We figured it out. Out of seven million, I mean, her lovers paid. She didn't pay. She didn't do. Uh, she pocketed the seven million dollars, and she said publicly that she donated it. And then she tried to make it in court seem like that she used donated and pledged it interchangeably. At least some sandwiches. Emily Baker is better. <laughs> yeah, she is. LOL, the lady walking past the camera. How has it not happened yet? Justice for Johnny. I split my cup of tea. Stop. Fam, we will never get a verdict. It, yeah, it could just be, um, you know, they, the jury decides. You guys, like, did it to your, you know, to each other, so we're not going to award, or, 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 
do award anybody or or they could say um yeah john you know she is the abuser she she's she admits it on many times in recordings that she abused him <coughs> and that and she goes she's hysterical that so he's you always split you never um you never fight for fight for our relationship fight for our relationship but fight for our relationship for her means fisty cuffs and he's he's a he's not a physically violent violent kind of person like she is and so he yeah she starts hitting him and then he would try to he would try to go you go into the bathroom or you would retreat you know it's in the it's in the audio recordings and she's hysterical about it and it makes her a you know she drives herself crazy Elaine for president it's ridiculous oh there's this long crime thought it was Fox by this some of the comments Johnny love Johnny's in trouble he has to win because she did defame him with lies and went public with it. Yeah, I agree. My dog stepped on a bee. <laughs> she said. She said that, you know, she can't cry. According to her acting coach, she she can't cry on command. So she's officially a lousy actress. <clears throat> That's a good scamber turd joke. Recorded a good like seven second scamber joke. According to her acting code, she can't uh, scamber, turd can't cry on demand. So it's official. So, or so she's officially a lousy actress. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> three. What is it? That's it, eh? <laughs> Camille Vasquez cross-examined Amber Heard in her rebuttal case. This is Law and Crime Network. Yeah, we're going to be um, analyzing and talking about this case. 
for decades to come. Maybe. <clears throat> Maybe not. Maybe the Trump trial will... Where's the Trump trial? Trumptrial.com. <laughs> You're the one who can't put out the fire. I feel like it, having an egg sandwich. What about you, Ben Mirta? I I said I feel like having an egg sandwich for breakfast. What do you think, Ben Mirta? Uh, Okey doke. <laughs> 